0: Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blog cast. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis. And everybody, you're listening. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I We've just reached this kind of interesting uh, turn in the statistics of, of the, the blog cast and the blog, um, in that, so uh, with with podcasting the the way that they measure these things is really not good. like it's they, they it's not it's really inexact. The whole podcasting community is up 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 in arms about it. Not they are not up in arms about it. they just it's a thing. Um, but anyway, what it what what most podcasting apps will measure is number of downloads. It doesn't actually measure subscriptions or. Um, just like any of the data that you would get on, on other platforms, podcasting doesn't measure for some reason. That's probably Apple related, but I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, what what Anchor does? Anchor is the podcast um, host that I use. Um, they track uh, average numbers of listeners, um, which is technically numbers of downloads. So people could have downloaded and not listened at all. Um, or they could have listened and not downloaded, and that wouldn't count. Anyway, it's ridiculous. But that number has doubled in the last, I don't know, handful of months. Like my average listeners used to be somewhere between like 13 and 17. And now it's pretty solidly 30-31. So thank you for, for listening, for sharing with other people, maybe is that is that what's happening? I don't know, uh, but I appreciate the the boost. It's f- funny because this used to be the least popular thing that I did, this podcast, and it's slowly becoming the most popular thing <laughs> that I do. Uh, I mean, I I if the, if I have a blog that hits, it can go well over that. But I think average wise, it's really somewhat like. I don't know. I don't know what the math is, but you know, uh, there, there are blog posts that get, you know, say 13 to 17 views if I'm lucky. Um, and then there are ones that will hit kind of bigger really rarely. Um, so maybe it all averages out. I don't know. Um, uh, but at the moment, you know, this is averaging out better than, than anything else. So thank you. feels like a, kind of measure of success in a a strange way. Um, But I mostly just want to thank you for for listening and for sharing, uh, for rating if you're doing that somewhere. I I can't see any of that. If that's happening, I don't know. (laughs) I suppose I should check. From what I understand, if you rate and subscribe on iTunes, it's better for reasons that are not clear to me, but that's what all the other podcasters say. So I guess do that. If you feel like giving the podcast more of a boost, um, yeah, rating, subscribing, sharing, all the things. Anyway, mostly thank you is all I wanted to say. Um, so today's blog is um, also inspired by my trip to Mexico um, and similarly to my trip to Cafe Habana, which I mentioned in last week's blogcast. Um, so here it is. It is called Atmosphere, Art, Magic, and Soufflés. As I write this, I'm at a table under a palm tree facing a late afternoon sun over a blue-green sea. It is a beautiful location, perfect for reading or bird-watching or people-watching, but it is curiously not perfect for writing. At least not for me. About a week before, I was in a restaurant with a storied history with a legacy of writers and revolutionaries at their tables. It was not my usual sort of spot and I didn't have nearly enough time there, but it was perfect for writing. Why? Why? Why does a cafe with dusty old photographs on the wall have more power than a beautiful sunset beach? The answer is atmosphere. There is something in an atmosphere. There is something in an atmosphere that speaks to a writer and gives a little lift to the pen. That is why a soulless Starbucks, despite a comfy chair and the arty decor, does absolutely nothing for me, and the Hungarian pastry shop, if I can find a table, is magic. There is a sense of magic in a place where other artists have hashed out their arguments and ideas. There's a kind of possibility patina of the past on the walls. I imagine there's a similar magic at an artist's colony, like a Malay, an O'Neill, or a McDowell, a sort of creative breeze that blows through there, whispering concentration, inspiration, whispering solidarity, perhaps? As lovely as a beach is, as pleasant as the atmosphere can be, the beach's inspirational voice is not so writerly. It feels very elemental asking you to consider the sun and the moon and the waves and the primal rhythms of the universe. And none of those things make very good drama. So the atmosphere does not so much serve the work I'm interested in. Maybe if I were a nature poet, it would be my fairy dust, but as it stands, the magic is most likely to happen in a dingy old cafe with mismatched chairs and a surly waitstaff who mostly leave you alone. Can I write without it? Of course. I can write anywhere with coffee and a table. I can set words down in any old place. One of my regular spots is a bubble tea place with almost zero atmosphere. Seriously, the music is terrible, the lighting is terrible, and the seats are uncomfortable, but it's fine. I make it work. However, if I get a chance to be in a place that gives me more than basics, there's more chance for magic. I think about the practice of writing as being a little like cooking. And I'm not much of a cook, so if this analogy falls flat, that'll be why. But certainly, when you set out to cook, you gather the ingredients and you can probably make a reasonable meal. Let's say you've got some eggs and some milk and some flour and butter. If you mix them up and put them in the oven, you're going to get something edible. But only under the exact right conditions are you going to get a souffle. It can literally depend on the atmosphere. The fallen souffle will taste fine. You can eat it no matter what. But to get the delicious light texture of a souffle, you're going to need good atmosphere. A door slam can ruin the whole thing. My writing process is the same. The ingredients are pen, paper, coffee and uninterrupted time. In the right atmosphere, I can write a souffle. In most instances, I'm just writing an omelet. It's fine. It's good. Whatever atmosphere I'm in will make its way into the work a little bit. So if I can, I prefer a place with atmosphere that might push me past the boring old omelet and into souffle territory. This post, for example, is not a souffle. It's fine. It gets the job done, but I wrote it on a beach with some tourists shouting over me about happy hour and constant interruptions and some really lousy coffee. This post could never be a souffle, and I knew it the moment I sat down. That's how it goes. I sit down with the same ingredients every day, and if I'm lucky, if I'm very, very lucky, a souffle will happen even in less than ideal circumstances. But mostly, I just get some utilitarian art food out of my labors. And some days there's magic. So I got some new followers on the blog for this post that are almost all, like, cooking-based. I think sometimes in WordPress, which is where my, my blog is hosted, they're kind of thematic. There, mu- there must be, like, people just doing searches on themes or, or they go to some cover page that I don't know about that has blogs about the thing that they're interested in. Um, but anyway, I got a bunch of new followers who are, are cooking-related from this blog post, which is hilarious because I don't feel that I have any particular insight into cooking. Um, I am not a good cook. I mean, you know, I can get the job done if I have to, but I am uninspired. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that fun, fun fact. I now have a few cooking followers. Um, in addition to liking and subscribing and all of the things around the blog, if you feel like you want to throw some more support my way, um, it is always, always, always welcome. Uh, Patreon is the sort of top tier of support, uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash Emily R. Davis. Also, you can help me pay for the next album uh, to move over to CD Baby. Um, Rather than renewing over at Reverb Nation, I am moving albums from um, Reverb Nation to CD Baby, where I will not have to pay a yearly fee once it's moved. I'll just have to pay, um, their sale price now is $29. So basically I need to come up with $29 per album to move those over. Um, so I have four more albums to go. One has been moved. I have four more to go, um, At each at 29 bucks. So if you wanna be the sponsor of one of those albums, um, you can go do that on Kofi. Um, I think you just search for Emily Rainbow Davis and you should find me there. And um, what else? There's PayPal, there's Twitter, eRainbowD on Twitter. And, um, and, you know, just like thinking good thoughts is always welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a terrible, crazy world where we have these lists of things. Um, and you will not believe the song I'm about to put here at the end. Like, I really don't think you will because I can't believe the song I'm about to put here at the end. Um, I know I threatened to put um, Can't Take Me Alive back here, um, and it's coming, just not on this particular blogcast Today, I will be delivering to you Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett, which I resisted very hard. I was like, I am not going to record Margaritaville. And then guess what I did. <laughs> and here's here's my thinking on a couple of levels. Number one, um it's the right song for this particular kind of beach vibe thing, um, especially this place we were staying that we were sort of surrounded by Jimmy Buffett fans. Like I feel like Americans in Mexico just kind of, uh, they they just kind of exude Margaritaville vibes. Um, I didn't really write about that, although I did in my review of the place we stayed mention that they had a vibe. Um, so so if you can picture me trying to write surrounded by Jimmy Buffett fans, you you might have a sense of what my struggle was about. Um, so so that it felt right for that reason, and you know there aren't a lot of like beachy songs or songs about atmosphere for sure. Like, I searched for them and I couldn't find any. Um, so Margaritaville kept just kept popping back up. And when I listened to it, I was like, this song is dark. I mean, it's it's a terrible song. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it. It's terrible. But it is – there's a kind of a weird darkness in it, I feel. It's basically – it feels like it's the story of an alcoholic. Um it's like cute because it's margaritas, but he's a he's an alcoholic, clearly. And there's a way where all I feel like I feel like I understand the people who love this song in a way that I didn't before after sort of leaning into the song a little bit. Um I don't know, there's like there's a kind of darkness inside the shallowness if that makes any sense I don't know how to describe it but I tried to sing it so maybe you can hear it in the in the singing of it um but yeah I feel like at the core of that kind of loose like we're hanging at the beach woo, going crazy thing there's there's something uh there's a dark hole probably Anyway, hopefully I expressed that a little bit in this recording of Margaritaville. If you loathe Margaritaville, I will take no offense at you stopping the podcast before we even get there. Now is probably the time to, to do that, if, if that's where you're going and I do not blame you one bit. Uh, If you are up and game for listening to this version of Margaritaville, then here it is, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville.
1: (laughs) Nibbling on sponge cake Watching the sun bake All of those tourists covered in oil Strumming my sixth string On my front porch swing Smell those shrimp there beginning to boil Staying away again in Margaritaville, searching for my lost shaker of salt. Some people claim. fault I don't know the reason I stayed here all season nothing to show but this brand new tattoo
0: but it's a real beauty
1: Beauty, how it got here, I haven't a clue. Wasting away again in Margaritaville, searching for my lost shaker of song. People claim that there's a woman to blame. Now I think, hell, it could be my fault. I blew out my flip-flop, stepped on a pop-top, cut my heel, had to cruise on back home there's booze in the blender and soon it will render that frozen concoction that helps me People claim that there's a woman to blame, but I know it's my own damn fault. Some people claim.